be seated. I'm going to uh, hopefully conclude the message I started last week. It has to do with God opens the eyes of the blind. God opens the eyes of the blind. In Psalm 146, verse 8, the Lord opens the eyes of the blind. That means God's still doing it. God will still open the eye of the blind, the eyes of the blind today. And today can be a day for your miracle. God wants to bless you and to reach out to you in the name of his son. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. Maybe you have an issue in your life, some difficulty, some problem that's plagued you for a long time. Or maybe you started. It's part of your life, but it's there and you can't do anything about it. You can't raise yourself up. God wants to raise you up and bring you out of it. It's never too late for God to work in your life. God wants to do that right now. Today is the day that God will take whatever that is from your life. Can I hear an amen? God is eager to remove that burden from you. The burden is in your life and is bowing you down and you don't see any hope. But Jesus is coming your way and he wants to remove that burden from you so you can raise yourself up. He knows you personally. He knows you personally. He knows everything about you. He knows the good and the bad about you. But he loves you. So he loves the righteous. If you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you haven't, please do that today. The whole heaven is waiting for you to make that decision for God. Make that decision for Him. God loves the righteous. Everyone who has done wrong, if you've sinned, you are unrighteous. But when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become righteous before God. And the righteousness you have doesn't belong to you. God gave that to you when you accepted Christ into your life. So you have the righteousness of God in you. So God, he loves the righteous. God has opened the eyes of the blind. He's still doing it around the world today. People are being healed around the world today. God is still opening eyes of the blind. But there is one we talked about last week, and we go back to him. The man who was born blind. He was born blind. There was no hope for this man. It has never happened that a, blind, a man born blind later could see. It's never happened. But God measures in things that are impossible. Things that has never happened. God can do it. And so Jesus met this man and spoke to him. The Bible says that in, in verse 6 of John chapter 9, it said when Jesus had spoken, not this man saying, not what he has done, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed his eyes, the eyes of the blind man, with the clay, and he sent him, go watch in the pool of Siloam, that is translated sent, 
So he went and washed and came saying. Now, let me tell you something. This fellow knew. Because as a Jew, he knew it wasn't, it wasn't right for anyone to work on the Sabbath. He understood that. But he saw Jesus making clear. And I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, what's going on? Why is he doing this on the Sabbath? Sometimes we forget that these were humans, just like us. And they can think and go through things in their mind. And then Jesus anointed his eyes with, his, with the clay that he had made. And then so Jesus doing this, it just wasn't right to do on the Sabbath based on what man taught him. But then he heard from Jesus, go and watch. And I'm sure Jesus instructed him and told him, when you, if you do this, you come back seeing. Nothing else matters. If you've been sick for long, forget what any man has to say. Many times we, lead, we listen to what the world is saying, and we hear opposing things about what God has said, and we don't act on it. But if God's asking you to do something, even though it doesn't agree with what you think, do it. Don't hesitate. Be in obedience. He heard, see. He wanted to see. Didn't matter what anybody thought about it. But he, had, he, he did what God told him to do. So it doesn't make a difference if God has spoken to you. Act on God's word. And you will receive your miracle. Now let me say this. Every time God does something, a miracle, or does a miracle, usually people are split into two groups. There are no middle ground. When God has done a significant miracle, He changes lives. Your life is changed one way or the other. And that's the case with this man. After God opened his eyes, and I believe that I believe that his eyes were such that, in my mind, there was no opening, no eyelashes, nothing, because Jesus was demonstrating recreation of eyes. He came seen, and another thing that suggests that when he came back, the people couldn't recognize him. They said, "He, he is he not the same man that sat down and begged?" And some said. Well, he, he is the same man. Others say, no, he looks like him. Well, if he's the same man, you will know if all that's happened, you can see. He was different. He was different. There was a creative miracle in this case. Brand new eyes for the man that had no eyes. Something that's never been done before. And so when they saw that, for those that had good hearts toward Jesus, they wanted to convince the authority that, look... This is what Jesus has done. Maybe you can look into this and change your mind about the Son of God. So they brought them. They brought him before them. To, to, for him to testify. Let them know what happened to him. And so in John chapter 9, we are in John chapter 9 verse 13. They brought him 
who formerly was blind. I like the word formerly. Amen. Can you say the word formerly? Formerly. There's going to be a formerly in your life this morning in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that's bound you down, that's going to be in the past today in Jesus' name. And every time you stand, you will be standing to talk about the former things that's no longer part of your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. There is going to be a formerly in your life today. They brought the man that was formerly blind to the Pharisees. Then he says, now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. That's the sticking point. That's the stumbling block. He did it on the Sabbath. They focused on the Sabbath. And not the fact that the man was born blind and could see. They focused on that. He says, then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received this sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes. And I can, you can imagine, he's thinking, they just want to know about the miracle and they will believe and change their minds. He's glad to tell them what happened. He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I came seen. That's what he told them. Verse 15, he says, he put clay on my, on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, you know, this man is not from God. And they are not looking at the man, they are looking at the one who did the miracle. This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. And others said, how can a man... Who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. There was a division among them. Some focused on the miracle. And others focused on the Sabbath. But this is the way it always has been. You know, I've been in the ocean. And I look into the ocean as far as your eyes can see. You look into the sky and you see the stars. You can't count them. And the universe and all of that. And something in you tells you, there's got to be a God. These things can't be by accident. Look at water as far as my eyes can see. This cannot just happen. And for the one who fears God, He's understanding his mind. The one who put these things together cannot be ignored. You can ignore him and go get away with it. And so you tell yourself, there is, I've seen, this is a miracle before my eyes. How can this be? As huge as the ocean is. And it's just by accident. It can't happen that way. And it's been this way for thousands of years. So you tell yourself, there's got to be a God. And if there is a God as powerful as that, how, how could you think you can ignore him and get away with it? You can't ignore him. But if you focus on something different and not on God, you will have an excuse. Why? It's, it's, just, all, it's just all here. And not think about it. 
You have to really focus on it. And that's what happened to them. A man that was born blind. And he was the, the blind man, former, formerly blind man, was thinking he would take all of them and make them change their ways. The way the things of Christ is, you can look at it, and that's what's happening in the world. You can look at it and know there is a God, but still not follow him. And not believe. It's a frightening thing. It's a frightening thing that happens to mankind. There is something in man that will help us if you look at it spiritually and God will come through and reveal himself to you and you can see more. But once you turn yourself and you don't listen and don't pay attention, your heart gets hardened. And before you know, you are on the other side. They call the Son of God the man who, create, who did a creative miracle, a sinner. They should know better. That's still happening today in the church. And you heard this. You know, I don't want to go to church. They are just a bunch of hypocrites. How many heard that before? And I like to ask them, do you know one? Do you know one hypocrite? No, I just heard that there are a bunch of hypocrites in church. And they don't really examine what's really going on. And I've said it before. The church is not for righteous people. They know it. We didn't go to Jesus because we felt better than everybody else. I went to Christ and begged for mercy because I felt bad, worse than everybody else. I needed forgiveness. I needed healing. So I went to Jesus for help and for healing from my sins. I'm not saying I'm better than you. I paid no attention to what's happening in your life. I was more concerned about what's going on in my life. I needed God. I needed a change in my life. That's why I go to church. Call me a hypocrite. That's okay. I want to get well. You are as sick as I am outside there, and you're calling me a hypocrite, and you're not receiving treatment. And that's what's happening. They refuse to believe. But in verse 15, the, the, the formerly blind man gave us a principle of faith that cannot be ignored. I pray that you and I will receive that principle of faith. He made it very clear. What happened? How he got his miracle. And if he, a man that was born blind could, could be healed by just this simple principle, what, what's going on in your life that God cannot work on? You know the principle? He told them, he put clay on my eyes. Right? And I washed. And then I came you know, with God, is, this is just a simple principle. This is the way it always has been. And this is the way God works. He's called the way of the Lord. The Lord is like a chess game. You understand what I'm saying? The, 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 your, fellow, your friend, you're playing the chess game. He has to push first, right? And after he pushes, he hangs back. It's your turn to push, right? And then you push. And then you hang back and you say, well, it's your turn. Now, it's the same principle with God. 
He speaks to you. That's his voice. He expects you to receive the word and act on his voice. If they push in the chess game, you know you need to react, right? Now, God pushes, uh, he, he, he puts clay on your eyes and anoints your eyes through his word. Can I hear an amen? That's your, your, we're all blind, spiritually. He gives you the word, is the mud that is made, the clay, that's his push. He puts the clay on your eyes through the word of God. And now, he hangs back, now it's your push. And many of us will now say to God, hey, you are the Lord God Almighty, push again. He says, no, it's your turn. Oh, Lord God, I mean, you are God Almighty, you can do everything. He says, I know. He says, well, you are God, you can push again. He says, no, it's your turn. And so we spend 15 years asking, begging him, pleading with him, crying, and doing all kinds of stuff uh, to make him push again. He says, no, I already pushed. It's your turn, son. I love you. But it's your turn to push. He put clay on my eyes, right? And it's my turn to go push. And then after I've done my push, now it's God's turn to open my eyes. And that's God's push. And then the next push for me is to testify about it. Amen. That's the way it works. You want God to bless you? He's giving you his word. I'll bless you. And then that's his push. And he says, these are the things that you got to do. Just like Jesus told the man, go and wash. Can you imagine if the man said to him, you are the son of God. Why don't you just make me see? Don't work that way. Naaman was a man like that. You remember the story of Naaman? He was a, a Syrian that was a big general, well respected, and was leprous. And his maid says, if you go to Israel, they'll get your leprosy cured. And he had his, all these things in his mind. The man of God would just come in and just rub his head all over my leprosy. And he'll be gone. The man of God didn't even come out of his house to say hello. He says, tell that fellow, let him go to River Jordan and dip himself seven times and he, he'll be cured. He goes, so what? That's all? Really? You mean I've suffered all these years just to go to the river and dip? This is, a, is this a joke? He was mad. He was angry. Notice the prophet didn't come out to say, sir, please try to understand. No. It's the same way God doesn't explain anything. It's your push. Amen? Are we getting something out of this? Yes. It's your push. You got to do something now. It's your push. The prophet stayed in. The guy argued. And he was cursing, angry. We got better rivers in Syria than this silly river Jordan. Dirty water. I should have done this in my river. If that's going to kill me, then I should have done it back home. Why should I go to that? And his fellows is thinking, why is he so mad? Hello? 
Sometimes we get angry at God's word for no reason. You know why? Something is not right inside. They will say, why is he so angry? And they say, hey, master, master, if this guy had told you to bring, pull down a million dollars, wouldn't you have done it? Yeah. So what, why are you so angry? Is it not just to dip in the water? Is that really hard to do? When God is involved, it's not that hard. All it takes is obedience. All it takes is obedience. You don't have to understand it. There is nothing miraculous in the water that will pierce through your skin. He's God. All God is looking for is whether you believe in enough to act on this word. That's all he's asking of you. Do you believe God enough to act on his word? You know, you could go back feeling very sorry for yourself even after he's given Say, I thought that was my last chance. And now I thought he was going to come out and do this and he didn't do it. I'm going to be blind forever. I'm going to be leprous forever. And feel really bad about it. Never obeying just a simple word. Enjoy that. I got this. The man, he went to the, to the pool to wash himself. Huh? All along, I believe as he was walking, he couldn't wait to get there. Because he knew this might be my only chance. Amen? And I'm going to come back seeing. And so he went. And God opened his eyes. That's a good principle there. Let me say this. Believing is a choice. Trusting God and acting on his word is really a choice. Has nothing to do with feelings. It's just a choice. If you doubt, uh, these individuals, they wouldn't believe what this man had to say. I mean, these were the leaders of the land. And, and this, this guy is a street guy, blind street guy, standing before them. And they didn't know if they were, some, they were trying to trick them to believe in Jesus because they didn't believe in Jesus. But Dick, there's no way to go around this miracle. He said that you believe in the miracle and believe in the one who gave the miracle or you disallow it. And some will find some reason to get away from it. It's really a choice. Do you remember Judas? I mean, uh, Thomas? Thomas? After Jesus rose from the dead? But he had all the evidence. They gave him, they told him. His friends told him. We saw him. The women told him. We saw him. He was here with us. He ate with us. Guess what? He told them, I'm not going to believe. It was his choice. I'm not going to believe. Listen to this in this scripture here. In verse 17 of John chapter 9, they said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? The guy said, He's a prophet. He hoped he was telling them, Yeah, I believe he's a prophet. At this time, he's still thinking, They'll listen to me. He's a prophet. He says, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind 
and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received the sight. In other words, they needed to verify this. You think after they verify it, they'll believe, right? No. No. They had made up their minds, just focused on one narrow thing, and refused to, to listen to what God had done. And it's still happening in our world today. God is showing the world that he is. And they know there is a God. And sometimes I ask people, if you are just nothing, and you die, you go, you just disappear, how come you dream, and you're running in your dream, and you wake up sweating? But you were sleeping, right? That tells you you are a spirit being. You are a spirit being. There's more to you than flesh and blood. But they refuse to believe. Even after they hear, they heard that. You see, it's really a choice as it is. In John chapter 3 verse 19, it says, And this is the condemnation. Every one of you hearing my voice this morning, if you have not given your life to Christ, you have made a choice against God. And one day, that means you have ignored Him. And one day you have to deal with Him. I pray everyone has made that decision to follow Him. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Jesus said, this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Most people don't want to believe. You know why? They want to continue to do what they were doing. Not because they don't know that the evidence is there. The evidence is there. They just don't want to accept that. Because accepting it means I'm responsible. And I have to do something about it. (laughs) I remember when I got saved. It's just like putting two and two together. I I, I saw a demonic manifestation. (laughs) And I thought, (laughs) Uh, that stuff that I read in the scripture, he's right before my eyes. I thought it was just something written. So the next thing is, well, if that's true, and that demon is speaking, then there must be God, right? That's right. So one day I've got to deal with him then. Well, I don't want to deal with him on the other side. I've got to be on his good side. Amen? I'm going into church. Church, here I come. I need you, church. I'm not going to deal with him. And certainly don't want to live in the same place with the devil all for through eternity. I want heaven. As simple as that. Every believer that God heals is given an opportunity to testify. You are. And I've come to believe the reason most people don't keep their healing after they've been prayed for they, they won't tell anybody about what God has done. Your life doesn't change after you become a Christian. You still remain the same after you have accepted the Lord Jesus. You know why? There is no change, no desire for God. And you don't really know whether or not God is in your life. Because you haven't said anything to anybody. That's the thing. And God in his mercy will always give you opportunity to speak to somebody about Jesus, who is part of your life. And God, heaven, and the angels of God are watching to see what you'll do. 
in John, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus said, Everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess before my Father in heaven. So is you are obligated to tell people about him. That's important. When you tell people about him, he tells his father about you. And if Jesus is telling his father about you, guess who else is listening? All the angels are listening. From that day on, they know who you are. Amen. Can I hear an amen? When Jesus speaks, the angels listen. And if he confesses you before his father, they heard it. And they know who he is talking about. You become a special person in heaven. The angel says, that's daddy, the father's child over there. You heard about every child of God has an, uh, a guardian angel? Oh, yes. yes. That's, you, go, you are assigned to that father. Amen. Because you confess him. The Bible tells us in uh, um, Romans uh, 10 verse 10, it says, with the, with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You have to tell. You have to tell. And this man was not alone. He had to stand, and the, like the Bible says, contained for the faith. I tell you what, once you start contending for the faith, whatever way you want to do it, Bible study, gathering friends, God is found a special friend. And your life will never be the same. I know in this life we look at things very differently. Who is this? Who is that? Who is doing this? And who is successful? But when the day of judgment comes, every, everything goes to nothing. Until only those things that you did for Christ. Those are the things that would really matter. How you spent your life with the Son of God. That's what matters. Listen to this. It says, so verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give glory to God. Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, this is where it gets really funny. Amen? Listen. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, which you cannot deny, okay? That though I was blind, now I see. You see, they can argue with you about John 3.16. But they can't argue with you about what God has done in your life. Amen? When they know that you have been changed, they can't argue with that. So he told them, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. It's a funny thing. These guys were supposed to be righteous, right? You know what the guy was saying to them? I've been hanging around you righteous people for a long time. And I still was blind. Okay? You couldn't help me with all your righteousness, okay? And the one who opened my eyes, you're calling him a sinner? If he is a sinner, you guys are really big sinners. Okay? That's basically what he's telling them. I don't care what you're saying. You contend with this. I was blind. Now I see. And the sinner you are calling a sinner, he is the one that did it. 
And you righteous guys, you have not been able to do a thing. You can't even heal a fly. And you're calling the one who healed me. I'm sure there was something inside him. He was not mad. You're calling the one who healed me a sinner. He's fighting. He's contending for the faith. We should all contend for the faith that way in Jesus' name. Amen. This is very funny here. It says, One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? <laughs> again? They didn't want to believe. Now he's, he's, he's come to the conclusion they are not going to believe, so I'm going to get them. Now, listen to this. He says to them, they said to him, what did he do to you? How did you open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already. And you did not listen. In other words, you did not believe. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also? Basically, he's telling them, hey, I'm, I'm moving camp from you guys, okay? I'm going to be his disciple. Now, do you want to be his disciple also? He's talking to the leaders. He kind of doing this to them. You guys can get it? Why do you want to hear it? You want to be his disciple? Man, that was painful for them to hear. They didn't like that at all. He says they reviled him. They got very angry. How dare you talk to us that way? That's what we should do to the devil all the time. Amen? Let him get mad. I told somebody, when I witnessed to somebody, um, I don't like it when they say to me, that's nice, that's good. Uh, good luck, that's, that's good for you. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, that was right. You're okay. I like it. I hate that. I like it the most when they say, can we, like one fellow John, can we pray about this? Oh, yes. I like that. Next to that is when they get mad and they curse me out and say, get out of here. You're crazy. How dare you talk to me that way? You know why I like it? For the next four hours, they are still thinking about what I told them. (laughs) And sometimes they can't go to sleep. How dare he talk to me that way? But all the time, they're thinking about what I told them. I like it that way. So every time they see me, they remember what I said. And they get angry again. Until another fellow comes in and tells them the same thing that got them angry. Are you two talking to each other? How come you're saying the same thing? Amen. That's how God does his work. It's so great. To be a witness for him. Because it takes for us. Amen. He says, do you want to be his disciples? They said to him, we are Moses' disciples. We know God spoke to Moses. Really. As for this fellow. God forbid anyone calls the son of God fellow. You ask him for real trouble. He said, as for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. 
the men then begin to tell them, this is, this is interesting, okay? The men answered and said to them, why? This is a marvelous thing. This is a strict guy educating the doctors of uh, theology. He's speaking to them. Because they've lost their mind. He's thinking, you guys have lost your minds. You can't see this miracle. Why? This is a marvelous thing. That you do not know where he is from. Yet, he opened my eyes. Stick it to them. They can fight with that, okay? He opened my eyes. And then he tells them. Now, we know. What is he saying? He's saying, were you not the ones who told us? You were the ones that taught us. You taught us that God doesn't hear sinners. I heard it from you. We know. God doesn't answer sinners. God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God, that's what you taught us. You taught us that. If anyone is a worshiper of God, and does his will, God hears them. And then he told them, since the world began, this has never happened. No one has ever opened the eyes of the blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Basically, he gave it back to them. All the things that they've been teaching. So that they can deal with it. After they heard this, they were very upset and they drove, they sent him out of the synagogue. They didn't want, him, want anything to do with him. And basically, at this stage, he had no friends. He just on his own. Blind people, he may have people that he knew. This time, everybody was on the one side with the Pharisees. They agreed with them. Sometimes when God calls you, and separates you, you are on your own. You are on your own. They want nothing to do with you. Don't think it's a bad thing. Even if people who are religious put you out and speak evil about what you're doing, it doesn't matter. God is with you. You notice what happened? Jesus was looking for him. After they threw him out, Jesus was looking for him. Today, if you have a heart to serve him, God's been looking for you. Amen? God's been looking for you. Jesus found this man. And basically, he's never seen Jesus before because he was blind when Jesus did the miracle. He heard the voice. But he didn't see who was, talk- who was doing the miracle, who was walking with him. But Jesus found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of God? And the man said, Where is he? I don't know who he is. Show me who he is. And I will believe. And Jesus used certain words to make him know, You're looking at him. Amen? You couldn't see before. You're looking at him. In my mind, at that point, he recognized the voice. Amen? He recognized the voice. May you always recognize God's voice because he's looking for you. And may you hear his voice when he's found you. And when he speaks to you, 
May you respond to him. Just like this man responded. He immediately turned around and said, I believe. And then he went down and he worshipped him. We are in the season of Christmas. Amen. And Jesus is looking. He came from heaven to be with us. He's still looking for people today. He said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. So today, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, he wants to be your Lord and Savior. Today, if you don't know him as your healer, he wants to be your healer. He's looking for you. Today, if you don't know him as the spirit baptizer, he wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit so you can get to know him better. Bow your heads with me, every one of you. You know, Jesus is right, he's here with us here this morning. And he's seeking to minister to you in whatever area you are hurting. Would you, in the quietness of your heart, will you alone with God, because he's there with you, he's looking for you, he's found you, could you just talk to him and tell him, God, this is what my need is. I need you. I need your help. And I guarantee you, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. A God who cannot lie. The God who has been sent to bless you. He'll hear you today and begin to work on your situation and relieve you of the pain, whatever that is. Because he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you're here today and you want to commit your life totally to Him, say, God, I surrender. I'm giving everything to you. I need you in my life. At the count of three, would you raise your hand? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let every one of us, let's say this prayer together. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming into our world to be with us, to live with us, to die for us. Today, by your grace, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me. In Jesus' name.